And welcome, everybody. We're live. We are live, pretty much. I mean, yeah, we should be live here any second. So uh, I'm in the doghouse today. I didn't do my critiques, and I had to scramble and do them at the last second. And now Carl has gotten extremely judgy with me, and uh, he's, he's kind of given me the sass. So uh, I did do my... I, we'll, we'll see if people... Uh, are upset with their critiques or not, you know, but, uh, but I think it's good. And, and it's more fresh in my mind than it is in your mind. Cause I, I did all of mine, uh, in like the half an hour before the show. So, so, uh, big things are happening. Andrew, Ken says he can hear when recordings are being played, but not when you are speaking. Can hear when recordings are being played, but not when I'm speaking. Can other people hear when I'm speaking? I mean, Carl can hear when I'm speaking. We're sorting out the tech technical difficulties as usual. Big things are happening. <laughs> Everything seems normal to Roberta. Hey, everybody out there on the stream. Everybody hearing me okay on the stream? I'm hearing myself okay on the stream. So Ken... Um, Uh, Ken should just log out and come back in and then plug his headphones in. <laughs> All right. We're going to start with Deb. Yeah, we're going to start with Deb. Um, and uh, yeah, do, you, are you going to do your intro? <clears throat> oh, my intro. Nah. No. We'll this is Dojo. You live. I, I think once, once we get to 10 live viewers, maybe I'll do the intro then. All right. Well, let's uh, let's forge ahead then, and we'll start with Deb. Are you ready with your notes? Yes, I'm ready. I'm going to post my notes as soon as the performance is over, though, because like I feel like if you, you can post your notes right, and then the player just kind of gets uh, uh, into reading the notes and not really like listening. So let's listen, then we'll see the comments. All right. Here we go. Thank you. 
Alrighty. Is Deb out there on the live stream? I don't know. I don't know where Deb is. She was here just a minute ago. In the internal stream. But uh, maybe she was mad that... I don't know. Um, wow. I thought it was really good recording. Real good. Yeah. I think Deb's making great progress here. Really. Uh, by the way, we have to record this. If, uh, the internal meeting? Yeah. Yeah, certainly, because if Beth's not here, we got to get that recorded for her. Um, yeah. I mean, I thought that was really good. Yeah, so she had a little thing kind of similar to... Uh, a thing kind of similar to Ken, which we'll hear later, which is uh, the tonal quality wasn't quite as good in the second part as it was in the first part. And why might that be the case? Um, right. And, and it has to do with going back and forth from high hand to low hand. So most of the third part, not all, but most of the third part is on the bottom hand and we're not switching back and forth from hand to hand all that often. There's that one high A in the second bar, but the rest is almost entirely on the bottom hand. So it's a lot easier to control the tonal quality in that third part than when we go uh, back and forth from the high hand to the bottom hand, or even in particular, right? Back and forth from a lot of high A's. Da, 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 dee, da, 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 dee, da, da. And it's really hard to get that mental blowing stability uh, in that last part. So, um, so yeah, but I thought scale navigation was real good. Some tiny crossing noises at times, like watch that low A to C crossing noise, but overall across the, the scale navigation quality was really good. You know what I mean? So I'm a, I was aggressive with the score there. Yeah. Trying, I'm trying to read Carl's facial expression, rhythmic accuracy, uh, really good control. Sometimes you're rushing a tiny bit, like, especially in some of the uh, embellishments. Oh, look, Deb's back. That's good. And then sometimes you're a little bit behind the beat, but, uh, but that's okay, right? Uh, you're definitely making great adjustments throughout and things are happening. So that's good. Single grace, no quality, real nice, but not always in sync. Like I really like the short crispness of them, but they're not always timed properly. Embellishment. Yeah, I would just add in there, there's a little issue with the D grace notes to see. Um, D grace note too big? Grace note size or missing or clear, being clear. Anyway, go on. Interesting. Embellishment quality, very tight. So like, uh, I, kind of, I like the spirit of them, but they're not controlled quite well enough. And um, they, they've gotten a little too tight here. So we got to watch out for that. Watch out for early burls, a little bit ahead of the beat. But uh, yeah, but good though, right? Like I'm not really complaining about the embellishments, but the, that's where the next level is going to be. Dot cut quality and consistency. I thought it was really, really in the spirit of a good 2-4 march. Really, really good throughout. Tonal quality surges and dips at times, particularly in the second part. We lost the solidity, right? The solidness, the perfect constant of that sound that we want. Uh, tuning, majestic. Totally nailed it, in my opinion. Uh, could the drones have been more perfect? Uh, potentially. <coughs> She's in contention to win the week. I, I didn't hear Roberta this week. But uh, if Roberta's not on her game, you know, we'll see. 73.5. I mean, the highest score wins the week. So we'll see who gets the highest score. We got to keep 73.5 in our head. Yeah. Um, very, very nice, Deb. Yeah. Um, I mean, 
for me, the only big standout there was those degrace notes to C in here. It's just not clean. Totally missed it. And if there was a little bit more cleanliness there for me, um, I'd be totally happy with this. Well, not totally, but very, very, very happy. Um, instead of just very happy. <laughs> 73.5 feels like the right score, though. I feel like maybe some of the, some of the minutia could have been slightly tweaked, but I feel good about that. I'm feeling confident, despite the fact I was scrambling to catch up today. You know? See, you're really good at doing these fast. It takes me forever to do these. But... It helps that I conceived it myself, right? So it comes, from, it comes directly from my nervous system to the computer screen. So like it all works really fast. I'm also extremely fast typist. You know, I'm like 130 words a minute. I'm, I might be a hundred words a minute, but a good like 80% of them, no, 20% of them are like mistakes. So <laughs> cuts down my overall average when I have to go back and correct them all. You're good though. I have respect for your typing abilities. My wife's really good too. It's, I don't know. I wonder if it's a coincidence. Like, do you marry people who have similar words per minute as you? There's an interesting theory. We'll Let's think about that. It certainly, it certainly was not. Riveting episode. My father is actually respectable on the, t on the keyboard. He actually really is. But my mom is like total ace, like really fast. Um, but, uh, one of the, I think one of the most valuable classes I ever participated in, in the public school system was, it was like a half year typing class. I did it in seventh grade or something. And um, man, like you can't, you know what I mean? Everything on the computer takes half the amount of time once you kind of learn the basics. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, speaking of learning right. the basics. Ready for another? Yeah, oh, is this another one of mine? You might as well do yours because they have to get done. So we'll start there. Wow. Wow. I see like, it's not so much, you're, you're raising a good point there. It's the tone of it that I'm a little bit worried about, you know, you know, you're, you're kind of like, no, no, this is, this is what you said. I'm going to repeat back to you exactly what you said. Well, we might as well do all of yours because they have to get done sometime. That's what you said. <laughs> I think you're taking a little artistic license. Um, I don't think so. Uh, all right. Here we go with John.
What do you think, Carl? You're muted. I, I think you forgot to turn your mic back on. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I did forget. I thought that was really good. Certainly good sounding bagpipe. Now, yeah, I agree there's some overblowing. I almost wonder if the score is a tiny bit low. All right, take me through it. <clears throat> well. Let's see where I screwed up. I agree completely. Some phantom noises, sloppy moments, for sure. Uh, rhythmic accuracy. I heard very similar things to Deb there. It was very accurate with maybe just a few minor adjustments. Um, yeah, definitely a few sync errors in there. Um, like the E doubling from F uh, comes to mind there. There's just one or two that the G grace note ended up a little bit late there. Um, let's see, embellishment quality, nice control. Raise it up. Yeah, embellishments were good. Definitely on the large side there. But I think that's okay as we work to, to continue to improve. Like the size of the B there was in the size of the steps of the of the grip, like right at the beginning. So I thought that's good. Now, in the big picture, it's a little bit too long. It's taking a little too long. But that's in the right direction, right? We want to we wanna pass through that so that we can make sure that that B is well integrated, well fused into the grip. Um, but there's room for improvement there as you speed those things up. Duck cut, not bad. Definitely a few round places. I didn't, yeah, I agree completely, Andrew, there, because you say it's around the difficult technique. So yeah, that's where it's rounding out, unquestionably. Now, overblowing, yeah, a few squeaks. And Chan are a little sharp to drones. Yeah, I just wonder if those two scores are a tiny bit low because I didn't feel like those were that distracting. That's, I mean, I think um, that's the only thing that I would question. I mean, that's an interesting opinion, Carl. And it's exactly that. It's an opinion. But. Um, no, no, I, I think you, so you didn't like, you, you took issue with my instrument quality score. Yeah, that's it. Just, I, well, issue. I mean, yeah, it's, I think it's maybe a little on the low side compared to what we just heard. Yeah. Um, Week, kind of doing last I think I'm right. Yeah. I think uh, I think I'm right on the money. Um, I think I'm right on the money. Uh, like I, if I could do it all again, I'd do it the same way. Um, but uh, so so tuning and tonal quality. So uh, John's on the internal chat here. Said it's his read is weak. He's getting a new one. Okay, that's cool. It doesn't matter though if your read is weak or strong or whatever. Theoretically, in the perfect world, you're hitting that sweet spot. And the sweet spot is the optimal pressure of your chanter read, which is the maximum amount of air you can put through the read without unwanted sounds. And we didn't have any severe, terrible unwanted sounds here in this performance, but we had regularly occurring, uh, you know, slight squeaks when you played G grace notes to bottom hand notes. Right. So to me, that's a great indication that I should uh, immediately make a downward adjustment, right? To uh, relocate to the sweet spot because I'm just a little bit above. It would it would have been interesting. I think had you made the right adjustment early on and and recognized that right away, I think both the tuning and the tonal quality score could have gone way up, right? Yeah. Because 
uh, because the chin is sharp to drones. Well, why is that? Well, it's the real, the real reading between the lines here is when the pressure's on, you're overblowing, right? That's the real, when you read between the lines, that's what we're really talking about here. And, um, Andrew. yes. True or false, an easy read is easier to play well. Mm, it's easier, it's less resistance, but it's probably harder to, to play steadily at the sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's sort of what I was getting at there is exactly like an easy read is, yeah, easier to physically blow. But at the end of the day, it's much harder to keep it really steady and in the sweet spot because everything is smaller. The sweet spot is just physically smaller on an easy read like that. So it's harder to stay in that. And it's much easier with a small variance in pressure to exceed or drop below that sweet spot. That's right. I mean, an easier read, right? Because there's less resistance in the read itself, there's also less resistance to changes in pressure. So every change in pressure is particularly audible and the read is going to be particularly sensitive to that. Um, and that's, I think that's why John said he's getting a harder read. I think John understands that as well. But uh, I think that scores... One of ironies about starting bagpipes because you physically need an easy read to play. But it's also one of the harder reads to play well. I feel like we should have, we should have had some dramatic music playing while you said that. Because it's definitely very true. Um, sixty is sixty is like average. Seventy is real good, and eighty is excellent. So, so John is verging on real good with that performance, Defi definitively above average. So, I, I think that scores right on the money. Uh, and then, uh, and what I said in the comments, let's make this the baseline level for future performances, right? Like there's no reason you can't do this over and over again. Yeah, um, definitely great, John. Looking forward to hearing more like this. One of the things you'll notice about a lot of the students lately is the, the number of scores that are really kind of low, like the elements of performances that are just B-A-D. That spells bad. Uh, they're, they're way more rare lately, which is cool. That's exciting. That's one of the two ways you can win at anything, right? Decrease the suck or increase the awesome. Those are the two ways you can win. Uh, and so, you know, so even though the scores aren't skyrocketing necessarily, uh, decreasing the suck is a huge achievement. I can say that. I can say decrease the suck because there's only seven people watching. There's 10 on the internal. Careful. Oh, you got 10 on your internet? Oh, on the internal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they, they've heard me say a lot worse. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for another? Great job. Nice job. Yeah, we're ready for another. Oh, what do you know? It's one of mine. Uh, all right. Well, Siri, here we go. I don't know if she's out maybe on the... I don't think... Siri's on the West Coast. I don't think she has the in, intestinal fortitude of somebody like Andra, who wakes up at like 5.30 in the morning. So, uh... Oh, yeah. All right. Here we go.
So what I think is really interesting about that, Andrew, is at least from, from what I'm listening to, I, it sure sounds like Siri's trying really, really hard on all of the bases. Now, there's little issues with each, well, there's issues with each of the, the, the fundamentals here, but it sure feels like she's trying to do each one of them. And so mm -hmm. I can't help but think that if she continues to work at this, she will quickly be on the right path. For sure. She's on the right path. Quickly see higher scores. It's a great example of somebody who's like, okay, all right, I understand everything. Now, what do I have to do to get to the next level? The answer is, right, each and every one of the fundamentals has issues that have to be addressed, right? And that's where the, that's like, and that's it. It's really basic. So let's go through it, right? Because um, none of it was bad, but all of it needs work. I, I think that's where a lot of people are. And, and the, you know, how do I get to the next level? Well, we got to chip away at the old block on, uh, you know, with each of the fundamentals. So scale navigation, not that bad, but we did hear lots of audible crossing noises, especially big ones from A to C. You know, talked about the A to C crossing noise last week. Fingers uh, dropping before other fingers lifting, causing that classic lift drop A to C crossing noise. You know, so we got to fix that. Let's do that. Rhythmic accuracy. Uh, you're, uh, I, and I, I always forget what John Holcomb says, but she's precise, but not accurate, I think, is what it is with the beat. She's exactly the same amount early to every single click. You know, so you're doing the same thing over and over again, but what you're doing is not correct and it's not exhibiting control yet. We've got we've to gotta figure out exactly when we want those beats to happen and teach ourselves to play rhythmically uh, with accuracy, right? Did I get it right, John? John's typing. Nine times out of 10, I, I get it backwards. Ah, precisely early to each beat, yeah. So you're doing the same thing every time, but to be correct and to actually hit that beat perfectly, that's, that's the goal, right? Imagine if you're shooting a bow and arrow, right? And you're, you're two, I don't know what the different sections of the bullseye are, but, but you, let's say you're exactly four inches to the left of the bullseye every time. And like, you know, the classic movie scene where you split the previous arrow in half, you know, precise, right? You're hitting that spot and you're, you know, four inches to the left of the bullseye. And then the next arrow you shoot splits that arrow in half, right? How many times did you get a bullseye? Zero, right? You got, you got a bullseye zero times, even though you're very precise with what you're doing. So what you need to do is adjust and you need to learn what the appropriate adjustments are so you can hit the bullseye every time. And that's what rhythmic accuracy is all about. Single grace note quality. Um, I think this needs the, probably the most work and I think can be addressed, um, you know, should be addressed maybe first and foremost. Um, very big size of grace note, right? What we need is that small, tiny quality in order for, uh, for the grace notes and the embellishments to start to come out better. Right? And that all has to do with the length of time the grace note takes. It needs to be very, very short and crispy. That's a big thing. And then of course, it negatively impacts the quality of embellishments too. And that's where I was going with this. They're not being played with accuracy or 
you know, the, there's problems with the grace notes is the translation causing a lot of the embellishments to not come out right. And they're often very ahead of the beat. So we got if we sort out rhythmic problems, grace note problems, embellishment quality is going to be a lot closer to where it needs to be. Dot cut quality and consistency. I thought this was maybe the best of the finger work fundamentals. Like the spirit of it was maybe the best. Um, and it was good. Tonal quality, not too bad. Was, was the rhythmic accuracy that makes the dot cut quality yeah. difficult to keep track of. Absolutely. Uh, tonal quality, not bad. Tuning, okay. Definitely okay. Uh, chanter a bit sharp to drones, particularly on F. So... So that sharpness, right? That, that can take an instrument that would other, otherwise be really good. And that slightness just kind of, um, it just makes it abrasive to the ear. Even though you're close, uh, that slight sharpness can be an issue. So there you go. It's a good performance. What's going to make it great is refining basically all of the uh, fundamentals a little bit. How do you do that? Do, we, do you just go in and start to just channel your inner fundamentals or, or do you maybe break it up? You know, spend a day where you focus specifically on grace notes and really try to uh, have some sort of aha moment, do your best. Maybe do that uh, first and foremost, and then maybe a few practice sessions later, start to think about something else. Like, you know, when you just, when you feel like you can't, get any more out of what you're currently working on, right? You can't practice everything at once. You've got to be singular in your focus, I think. So, but there you go. If there's eight fundamentals, you have eight great, uh, eight great subjects for a practice session to keep things interesting. Yeah. So nice job, Siri. Keep up the work and let's hear more recordings. It's been yep. a while since we've had one, so it's really encouraging and and uh, yeah, you're making good progress. There you go. So like you can make that the goal of the week is for next week's recording to have the single grace note quality score be a three instead of a two. And then, you know, with the understanding that the remainder of the fundamentals probably aren't going to increase that much. But what's interesting is if your grace notes become a three instead of a two, is that going to automatically have a positive impact on the embellishment quality? In, at least in a vacuum, theoretically. Yeah, definitely. And if you can, maybe even on rhythmic accuracy. That's right. It's like a big Venn diagram. It's like a big, complicated Venn diagram that's in multiple dimensions. That's what yeah, uh, the learning process is. Overlap. So improvement in one does affect the others, but they're also still independent. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Like, does being better at math make you better at other subjects? Definitely, particularly music, right? Music, well, music. and the sciences, right? The the better Science you are, that's right. The better you are at algebra, the better you're going to be at physics. They're not directly the same, but but they overlap. It's a big Venn diagram. Or heck, you could you could probably even make an argument for being better at algebra it makes you better at at biology too. For sure, uh, and and you could also look at it the other way around, which is less obvious. So let's say you love physics so much and you just want to learn more about physics and you learn, 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 learn tons of stuff about physics. Guess what's automatically going to happen to your math aptitude because of your fascination and the time you spend thinking about physics. You're going to get better at math. So like, you know, <clears throat> it's the same sort of thing. For example, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with drumming. 
I did a lot, a lot, a lot of drumming when I was a teenager. Uh, did that make me a better piper? For sure, no doubt about it. I just love drumming, and, and not really Scottish drumming necessarily, although I did, a, I did a, quite a bit of that. But like, I, I played the drum kit for years. You get pretty good at subdividing rhythms and kind of understanding uh, what groove's all about when, when you play a lot of drum kit. So, and, and those are elements that cross over in one big elaborate Venn diagram. How about you, Carl? How, has learning French made you a better musician? That's an interesting thing. Or, or better in any other aspects of life that you weren't, that surprised you? Uh, like you were saying to me the other day, sometimes you wish you could explain things to me in French because it's easier for whatever reason. Right. I mean, that happens very frequently. And, and I don't know, I haven't really thought about the con connections to other parts of my life. Um, to music, for example, I don't know if I see a, a connection immediately, but I'm sure there is. But yeah, like when I'm explaining something, there are some conversations or things that I've learned in French that make it much easier to explain that using those words because the languages aren't the same and the way that you express an idea might is different from one language to the next. And so there's some things that when I want to say something, it works better by Fr in, in French. Mm -hmm. And it, it, I mean, the obvious connection though is that it has made me much better in um, in grammatical English. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Your first language, most people don't think about their first language in terms of like subjugations and uh, verbs and adverbs and subjects and nouns and uh, proper nouns and all that well, stuff. I'll give you a real quick example. Like just the other day, I was reviewing a sentence for uh, being grammatically correct. And it seems dead obvious now, but I checked all the verbs to make sure that all the verbs ended in ing because it was uh, something in future tense. And it seems dead obvious, and to all of us it would sound very weird if one verb didn't end in ing, uh, but it's something that I just don't think about the English language in that way usually. Mm -hmm. It's just, uh, anyway, that's a little off topic. A little bit, but not really. Maybe Beth? Oh yeah, we're switching to Beth. Beth's one of yours. Right. That's one of mine. Letting you off the hook for at least one here. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, oh God, I wasn't supposed to do Beth, was I? The, I think the final one I haven't done yet is uh, Ken. Ken is the last one I, uh, of mine. Yeah. But this one is one of yours, so I can okay. sit back, relax, and uh, play with my live stream software. All right, here comes Beth.
So do you think, Andrew, too generous? Uh, a little, not crazy generous, but a little bit too generous in a couple spots. Yeah, I feel like in, in, in listening through this again, uh, Beth, just the single grace note quality for me there is probably a little high, even though it's yeah. your lowest score there, um, just because there really are a ton of little um, grace note sync errors uh, and, and some rather large ones. So watch out for those. Keep working on accuracy, right? And, and maybe here's a way that French helps, but this sort of comes from you. Um, think about the word two, right? Every time you play a grace note, uh, it's either two or on a note. <clears throat> and your issue is when you're playing from one note to another. Um, the grace note's not happening in the middle. So you got to really work to get that grace note accurately from one note and arriving at the next note cleanly yeah. um, and on the correct note, right? So watch out for that. That's, uh, I think the reason, big... I think the reason that score is too high is because in this particular case, it's distracting a lot from the flow of the tune. Sometimes you can have a grace note synchronization error and technically it's wrong, of course, but, but it's, it's not like really getting in the way of, uh, the melody of the tune, but like some of these are really kind of severe, like, like just they're kind of in awkward spots and it's really kind of like like kind of we're kind of losing the melody sometimes as a result of it so unfortunately that should probably be a little lower um, I think the same is probably true of scale nav because there were some pretty large crossing noises as well so that's maybe a little generous but and then the dot like cut said, the dot cut. cut quality is too high as well um, it's good. It's definitely above a three, I, but I think verging on four is a little generous too. Ah, there you go. Well, it's generous, but you're still on the, on the right track here. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's still a good uh, performance. It's still a good performance and it's still above 65, I think. Yeah. But, sure. but to be basically 70, I don't know. Not sure. Well, anyway. Just want to commend you also on the tuning, though. The drones were really well locked there. Now, I mentioned in my comments there that Channer is a little bit flat. Probably just need to bring that blowing up and hit that high pressure consistently through uh, the entire performance, right? There's the movement there, and it's just not getting that, rith uh, that rhythmic, that um, harmonic quality that I want to hear and that we hear occasionally. That's the worst part, right, is that we hear that harmonic quality occasionally come through when you get up into the sweet spot but we just got to work to be there a little bit more well, more consistently so mm -hmm. yeah anyway nice job there aside yeah and just like you know tidy up those grace notes and um i think you're you know i think you're going to be right there it's a good performance yeah it rest it still is a very very good performance Mm -hmm. The level this week is significantly up from the first two parts. That's interesting. You think significantly? It's my impression. Mm, definitely up. I think, yeah. In, in quality of, of performances, I think so. Uh, the, third part is, the third part is the easiest of the four parts. That's probably why. 
All right. Isn't the second part of uh, the second part goes. That's the second part, right? That's hard. That's really hard to play. So the third part is definitely easier than the first part. And the fourth part is definitely easier than the second part. That's why the level is up a little. Yeah. It has to do with uh, possible, it has to do with potential fundamental errors per second. Right. Remember we were calculating that the other day? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. there's less in this part. Oh, there you go. Good explanation. Uh, I, I, I would be willing to bet, I would be willing to bet money that if we did, uh, and if, for people who don't know what we're talking about, one of, one of the interesting things that we've realized about Dojo U fundamentals and bagpiping is that um, because it's so objective, you can actually start to do analytics on tunes. And one of the types of analytics you could do is to calculate all of the potential errors per second. So you could actually create a numerical difficulty score that would be really, really accurate using the Dojo U fundamentals. And sure enough, we did it with Core Kill. Uh, and it was really, really kind of interesting. So the way you do the errors per second is you calculate all of the fundamental errors that could occur in a tune. And then using the ideal tempo for a tune, like what's the ideal tempo for a 2-4 march? Uh, you know, solo 2-4 marches, maybe ideal tempo is like, let's say, 65 beats per minute. So you can use the beats per minute as a guide to see how many potential errors per second there are. And the more potential errors per second there are, the harder the tune would be. Peps. More peps. More peps. Potential errors per second. More peps. <laughs> Got to calculate the peps. Uh, there it is. Right. No, one, no one other than you and I found that interesting, Carl. So let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> Here comes Ken. I find it quite interesting. One of these days, Amazon Cloud Services is going to want to calculate those in real time for us. No, they're not. Now, I was definitely rushing this morning, but looking at that score, it's got to be too low, right? 
Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, let's. Well, we'll go through it and decide. I don't know. Um, well, why don't you audit me, Carl? Let's go through it. All right, let's try. <clears throat> so scale nav. Nice watch crossing noises from A to C. I think it is. Yeah, I, I didn't hear it in first listen there. I think it's got to be higher than that. I think it's got to be higher than that. Let's see. Rhythmic accuracy was good, but there's some issues here in the rhythmic accuracy. And it's it's just that um, you're, you're trying to put a little bit of, of expression, overall um, big picture expression in here. But because things for me aren't quite solid enough yet in, in terms of some of the other technique, it, it sort of detracted a little bit from there. And so rhythmic accuracy, right, the, the ending phrase wasn't controlled enough to do what you were trying to do there, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm speaking clearly here, but um, in the ending phrase, I, I feel you slow down, but it breaks the flow a little bit too much for me. So I think rhythmic accuracy is fair, maybe a little on the low side, like maybe I would have given 3-5. Single grace note quality, some sync errors. I don't know if I heard much more than that. Mm, there def there's definitely some there, but pro I think I think I changed. I'm changing the score. I'm kind of changing your score. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, embellishment quality was good. Maybe yeah, definitely a little bit ahead occasionally. Nothing flagrant there. Um, for me, it just the the whole thing was missing a tiny bit of groove. You were well on the right path, but it was just that, that little bit too jarring when I wanted to sit back, but there was too many things that just grabbed me, grabbed my attention a little bit too much. Um, that cut consistency I thought was good. Tonal quality, some definite surges, and especially in that second part um, where, yeah, that, that second part we had some big surges, especially on the high hand. And then when you go for that burrow, the burrow is maybe a little scary for you, but you get a big uh, full body burrow, which isn't necessarily a good thing, right? Your whole body's moving there and you're hearing that come out through the pipes. Um, so careful of that. Make sure that you're keeping your, your posture and your body relaxed um, when, you, when you're playing there and that there's nothing on the fingers that's translating physically to a full body movement because that will be heard on the pipes. Tuning, I thought was very good. I changed the score, so you can just carry on now. Ken, Ken said I shouldn't have changed it. So uh, you can always go back if you want to. I think this score is, I think this score is uh, better reflective of the level of play. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Like 68 feels good. Yes. Because there's, there's some small issues there, but it's still very enjoyable. It's definitely better than barely above average, which is what a 60 is meant to represent. An average is like, you know, average Joe that comes to play in grade four senior competition and does okay. That's a 60. So you're definitely, definitely well beyond that. <clears throat> and then there's, there's definitely some stuff that keeps us away from being totally excellent, uh, which are indicated here. Air, guys, this, everybody, not just Ken, air on the side of slight flatness, not slight sharpness on the F. I feel like that could be the, 
you know, you could get free points by not screwing up the F, folks, especially if you're unlucky enough to have me being your critiquer. Uh, but that sharp F is very abrasive. So, you know, just um, when in doubt, you know, put a fingernail worth of tape on that F, right? So that you erring on the side of flatness. A slightly flat F sounds a little bit thick, maybe, a little bit chunky. Um, on a high carb diet, but a sharp F is like, ooh, that's sharp. You know? Yeah. Does that answer your question, Ken? What's the question? Uh, he says, funny, I got a four last week. What was the detractor? It might be that I graded you this week and Carl did you last week. Is that no, true? I don't know. I can't remember. I think, I feel like I usually get Ken. But the chanter's sharp to the drones. Okay? That's, that's, the main, that's the main difference. So last week, the chanter might have been locked in in a way that was really, really tight to the drones, and maybe you didn't have a sharp F that was distracting, but that's the big thing. Chanter a hair sharp to drones. That takes you from a 4 to a 3.5 real fast. Um, and then, uh, yeah, surges dips. Were the drones locked? Yes. I think they were. They were locked in pretty good. But there's two elements to good tuning. Drones locked in with each other. And uh, the, um, the chanter pitch has to be also, right? We have to adjust the drones to be locked in with the chanter pitch as well as with each other. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, we've got one last recording. Time for one last recording round out today's session i think roberta still takes home the prize this week we'll see top score i'm excited but not by much the, interesting uh, the the margin has narrowed deb brought the heat deb brought the heat this week so i'm, I'm excited to hear definitely brought the heat yeah for sure so here we go we better be careful i mean roberta better be careful because if lauren Deb's daughter Lauren ever shows up with a good sounding bagpipe, she can really, she can really, really bring the heat too. Like some of the sneaky people around the sneaky people around the margins. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Nope, we're good. Let's hear it.
Excellent. I, and without looking at the minutia, the final score seems right on the money to me. That's verging on really being excellent. Yeah, just a few moments there where little bits of, of technique missed. Um, you know, there's like some, <clears throat> a few synchronization errors from F to E doublings, uh, a few grace note issues here and there. Mm-hmm. Little small pressure drop in the second part didn't really penalize you for that. I definitely heard low A, low A to C crossing noises. So scale navigation should have been three point seven five, but then you could also take the A lap ASAP and move that to a, at least a four. I thought she did a really, really, really convincing job. Uh, so, but you, that would yeah. that would come out to the same score. Yeah, and then rhythmic accuracy, I've, I mean, there's just really not a whole lot to say there. It was very, very consistent and right with the click, so. Mm-hmm. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Roberta says she's freaking out over the F to E doubling. Mm-hmm. Um, there you go. <laughs> yep. It's hard. Focus Don't... on the G grace note to E. Here, well, instead of freaking out about it, <clears throat> instead of freaking out about it, just fix it. Easier said than done. Andrew, what do you think about the the tuning? Drones were locked in. Did you hear the top end? Would you say it was flat in tune? I, I mean, I, I I was enjoying it so much it didn't even cross my mind. So that usually means it's good. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Well, Roberta, nice job. Yeah, she wins the week again. There's no doubt. I mean, Deb was excellent. There's no doubt that was slightly better. Um. It might not be that way forever. If Deb gets motivated, it could start to get ugly around here. (laughs) Friendly competition. Deb, yeah. I mean, I think think Deb put in a lot of work this week. Uh, She wanted to prove me wrong. Interesting. Slightly lower score last week. So, are you still feeling? You're feeling? Did she speak to you about? Did she have words with you? But instead of just being angry. At me, she put that anger to good work and produced an amazing recording. So you went from 59 to 73, Deb. Yeah. That's it? There you go. That's how you do it. Um, I see no reason to prolong this show. Uh, the deadline for crew signups has passed. You know, so we're over that era. We're over that hump. Uh, anybody that wants to sneak on board, it's still kind of technically possible. So if, you, if you're really bummed out and somehow you made it to the end of this live show, uh, definitely give us a, give us a holler. Um, you know, because it's not... Even a possibility for a roommate. There's somebody that... Oh, yeah. There's, there's a nice woman, right? Uh, a really nice woman who might be looking for a roommate. So that could be cool too, especially for people who... Like that might be the reason they can't sign up is they don't know anybody to come with. So anyway, there's still a little room, but technically the deadline's passed, so we're moving on. Uh, We'll be starting to promote the tuning clinic pretty soon. And uh, yeah. Yeah, pipersdojo.com. We've got an interesting little... uh, Gift card. If you buy some gift cards, you get some free Dojo U credits. So if you guys are thinking about purchasing some stuff, purchasing some stuff, in the United States, um, 
you can buy some gift cards and get some free Dojo U premium months. So, works for members and non-members alike. There it is. Well, <clears throat> that's it, folks. That's the end of our show today. It's been real special. And uh, yeah, we'll catch everybody next week. Yeah, it's not quite the holidays yet, so we should see most people next week. Yeah. Keep the piping going at least a little bit. That's the secret. Don't take a giant step back over the holidays. Just take a tiny step back. Or, or just tread water. It's up to you. Okay, I'm leaving now. Okay, bye. <laughs>